Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello there, guys, and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs, our transfer special with myself, Jason McGovern, and Lyle Thomas from Sky Sports. Now, before we start the show, we just want to express our deep sympathy, sadness, and shock at the terrible news of the passing of former Spurs player, FA Cup League Cup winner Justin Edinburgh and our heartfelt condolences and thoughts go out to his family and friends at this terribly difficult time along with everyone who worked alongside Justin at Leighton Orient. So this show is in dedication to Justin Edinburgh on behalf of all at The Last Word on Spurs. Lowell, how are you keeping? Good mate, very good, very glad to be here. Thanks for asking me back again, I hope uh, we've got plenty to talk about. Indeed. Lol, just to refresh you out there, I mean, we've had a lot of listeners since you were last on the show. Do you just want to give everyone an outline of how you cover Spurs in the role you do at Sky Sports? So I'm assistant news editor at Sky Sports News, and so that's just essentially a news gathering role. So um, all, all of that entails building contacts and relationships, and and uh, you know bringing the news to Sky, making sure we're we're accurate and as uh, as you know as quick with it and as first as we can be um, with news and, and obviously I've got um, yeah I guess a, a strength of contacts around around Tottenham um, so yeah I've, I guess I've done quite a lot of Tottenham stories over the uh, over the last few years as, as well as a few other clubs so yeah they're kind of part of my London patch I guess you could say and Jace. Are you pleased to have Lyle back on? We know how much you've been looking forward to the show. It's just been on the calendar, Jace, and the days have been ticked off by you, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, no, thanks to Lyle. It's always nice to speak to Lyle, but uh, it's, it's it's never my favourite subject, is it? It's, it's, you know, the random bollocks type of time of year. So looking forward to our 370 fault signing. So um, that's why I put you on mute, Ricky, on Twitter, I think. That's it. Mute time for Ricky for the summer. Oh, I love it. Love it, Jason. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, tell you what. I think we're slowly winning him over. I think we I think are. Last lot. time he was a bit more negative about it than that, so I think we're winning him over. Yeah, slowly, slowly. <laughs> I mean, he'll be running it soon in a couple of years. He'll be doing it himself. He'll be well, up for your job, Lowe, I reckon, by the time exactly. he comes around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just waiting for when he sends me a tweet saying, is this true or what's happening, Lowe? Tell me. <laughs> I just, you know, I've seen some people moaning already, why haven't we signed somebody? And you think, 
you know, there's not a single Premier League club have signed anyone of any note yet, but you know, yeah. it's a sign that Daniel Levy's not back in Poch and he's unambitious because we haven't made three signings yet. I think, oh, please. So I think that's what it is about the transfer window. Like, I yeah. just, you know, the, the reaction to people over it and the, they just mm. think, you know, you just click your fingers and a deal gets done and things. It's like, come mm. on. You know, yeah. It just doesn't do that. But I've always said, you know, people view it as, as, you know, the only thing we ever do like that is buy a house or something. And, you know, mm. you don't just go to the, the estate agent, do you? And, and, and just put the cash on the table and walk out with a house. I mean, it's, it just doesn't yeah, work exactly. that way. It's just crazy. No, exactly, exactly. But that's where my role comes in, I guess, mate, is to um, is to just try and, and and report as what we know when we know it, and and then people can you know make their own minds up, I guess, about about what they see and what have you. And but and it's a duty. While I think I consider it a duty anyway. While there's so much you know guff flying around, there's so many um, football websites either inventing transfer stories or or you know regurgitating things they see elsewhere to the point where to get distorted to the point where it's inaccurate. You know, it's our job to make sure we're providing accurate service um, all the time. You know, someone's someone's got to do it somewhere, and that, that might mean that we're behind other people on stories. But we, we our, our first priority is to make sure that we get it right. So that's what we try and do. There you have it. Now, chaps, before we go right into the transfers, I think we have to reflect on the really, really tragic and devastating news over the weekend, where you know. On behalf of all of us at Last Word on Spurs here, we're so deeply saddened and shocked to hear the passing of Justin Edinburgh, of course. FA Cup winner, League Cup winner at Spurs. I mean, all our heartfelt condolences and thoughts go out to his family and his friends at this terribly difficult time, you know, as well as, you know, the magnificent job he did at Leighton Orient. I mean, law, unbelievable news, isn't it? Such terrible news for a guy, you know, so young, life ahead of him. I mean, mm. it's just so hard to get your head around it. Yeah, it's really, really, really sad. He was obviously yeah, definitely a Tottenham, Tottenham legend, wasn't he? And he, he done such a good job at Leighton Orient last year. He must have been really excited about the next season ahead. Um, you know, everybody at the club, I'm sure, would have been excited with what's what was to come next um, next season. So it's really sad that, that that he won't be around to to take them forward. So yeah, I mean, Justin was at the first top. He played in the first Tottenham game that I ever went to, which was uh, Tottenham against Marlow in the FA Cup in 1993. I was about six years old I think I was and like that five or six and uh, yeah he played in that game I remember him having a good game that day um, so yeah he will be really missed obviously by, by everyone at Spurs I'm sure Orient and all the clubs he's managed and I think yeah I think everyone in football um, mm. he, was a, he was a proper football player wasn't he really just Justin I think he was and Jason I mean he was a manager as well that was you know on the way up done such great work at Orient and Newport before that it's just again so hard to see this news, to take it in, and just how quick it happened, Jace. Yeah, I think you know. We, I think most of us have now seen the, uh, the pictures of him out in Madrid, and you know he's very much a part of that that Spurs legends party that went out there, and just incredibly sad, wasn't it? It was, uh, you know, it was an awful weekend with the, the way the game went, and then you get the the news of that. I think it was on the Sunday or. Or whatever that he was taken into hospital, and just you know, it's just that an awful end to an awful week. It really is, and you know, I was lucky. I saw a lot of Justin Edinburgh's Tottenham career, and was there for that that cup final in '91. And of course, we'll always remember it because of Robbie Savage getting That's getting it. himself in that other final. And you know, I'm sure a few people have had a word with uh, Robbie Savage this week. But um, yeah, incredibly sad, and just kind of went with the the whole mood of last week, didn't it? Just a week where nothing went right for us, that's for sure. Mm. 
terrible news, and like I say, I say all our thoughts are with his family and his friends. It's a really difficult time. Lyle, shall we get started on Maurizio Pochettino then? Because that's the man at the moment where, as we understood it to be last week, he was in Barcelona taking some time with his family. You know, it's been an incredible season for Spurs as a whole. I think we have to reflect on the fact that, you know, to take Tottenham to their first ever Champions League final and a fourth consecutive top four spot. Do you think that's remarkable, bearing in mind, you know, all the fires he's had to put out throughout of last season? Lyle, what have you made of Spurs overall? He keeps performing miracles, doesn't he, really? Um, with the team that he's got and um, you know the players that he's had over over the years, he's been been at Spurs. There's no doubt that he's getting levels, consistent levels out of those players that you know, most most managers would would probably struggle to. Um, and that's that that's made him the caliber of, of of coach, not just manager, but coach that he that he is. So. It's no, there's no doubt they've had a remarkable season. I mean, if you said to anybody at the start of the season you're going to play in the Champions League final, then I think, yeah, everybody would have, would have bitten your hand off, wouldn't they? And um, and uh, to finish in the top four again is is I mean, it's a shame they've not been pushing for the title. I think obviously I think we talked about this before in previous, or I mentioned it before in previous um, podcast that that competing for the title those two seasons with first with Leicester and then with Chelsea at that time obviously raised the level of expectation, raised the Raised the the the, uh, the desire, I think, in everybody, including Pochettino, to compete at that level. I think once you get a taste of it, it's very hard to 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 want to go back to just competing for the top four, isn't it? Both for the fans and for Pochettino and his staff and the players, you know. So once you once you realise, oh, actually, we, we we could be quite close here, you know, that's where you want to set your targets. But obviously, I think generally in terms of the um, the financial structure of the club and the and the and the the the, the blueprint of the club over the last five years has obviously been designed to finish in the top four and not be competing for the title. So there was always going to be a point where I think the other clubs not only caught up but overtook overtook Tottenham um, in terms of you know the the, the level that the, the teams have been playing out and the caliber of player in there. And you know Man City and Liverpool have had to spend a, a, an astronomical amount of money each to do that. So. It's it's certainly a testament, I think, to Pochettino and to Tottenham again, how how actually for, well I know it's only for a brief time, but at least how how uh, long they were able to push them for. I mean, it was up until I guess the Burnley game, wasn't it? Um, in March, I think it was, where Sorry, they were two yeah. points two points behind. Um, so yeah, I think another great season from where Spurs and uh, from, point, yeah, from Spurs' point of view. For, for lots and lots of reasons, they've been well documented. I mean, obviously the, the injuries, the you know, no new signings, quite a thin squad. I mean, Poch likes to have a thin, a thin squad or a minimum number of players in his squad. He likes that. But the stadium thing as well, you know, having to to play at Wembley and and take that on the chin and, and not knowing when your ground's going to be ready, all sorts of distra- potential distractions and and what have you. So yeah, all all in all, I think a very good. Very good season. Mm, I mean, Jace, you know, as Lyle touched upon there, he had no new signings for over the entire campaign. More late returning players from the World Cup than anyone else. He had no true home stadium until the final month for the season. A drink-driving captain. Moussa Dembele leaving in January without a replacement. Injuries to a plethora of key players and a tired, small squad. And was fighting against other clubs who were spending big money. Do we just forget, Jace, sometimes how much the man had to go through last season? All those things are valid. I think a little bit is partly down to him anyway. I think, you know, there, there may well have, there may not have been a hundred million in the bank, but I'm sure if he'd have wanted to sign one or two players, the funds were there. So, part of the 
part of uh, having the squad tested is down to to him. You know, he's the one that chose obviously not to reinforce in one or two places. So you can't escape all the the criticism of that. But um, no, I think it's been a really testing year for him. With this, as you say, all those things are, we look at are, are negative influences. But it's a big year for him next year because if we do make the investments, I think we are looking at project two if he wants to call it that. So he's got a completely build a whole new squad. There's challenges as to whether Kane can play in the way that Kane usually does or whether we can play that high press with Kane, you know, charging into challenges like he did in that Manchester City game. We may find that's not possible with, with Ericsson possibly leaving and with, with a lot of those players maybe have heard the same message for five years. You have to reinvigorate that. So I think next year could be just as challenging for him, but but with a lot more positive things going on for him than, than fighting against. But that won't change the expectancy or, or anything like that. Mm. Lola, cut straight to the point and ask you this. You know, there has been rumours that Pochettino's going to be offered a new five-year deal just 12 months after his last one. As a reward, maybe, for Daniel Levy for going above and beyond the call of duty this season and achieving another top-four finish. What can you tell us, Lyle? Do you still see his future at Tottenham? I think, you know, to, at the end of the season, especially in that post-match press conference against Liverpool in the Champions League final, there didn't see much commitment from Pochettino. I mean, should we be concerned? Should we be alarmed? What can you tell us? I don't think it's, it's anything necessary to be concerned and alarmed about at the moment. Um, I mean, for a start, you look around and think, you know, where's he going to go? I think the jobs that are potentially available this summer that are bigger clubs than Spurs have, have been and gone. If you, if you put Zatino, I mean, uh, there was no secret that Juventus, he was on Juventus's list, but I think they quickly realised that he wasn't attainable. Um, obviously, the United job's gone. Uh, the Real Madrid his job has been given to um, to Zidane again, and and, uh, and and you know you like to Bayern or, or, or um, PSG. They don't see them changing their managers either. So. Um, I don't. I don't see any reason why Pochettino won't be at Tottenham again next season. Um, I think. I think Poch is quite, obviously, quite clever with what he says um, when he's in when he's in press conferences. You know, I don't think he says anything just willy nilly. You know, off off the off the bat kind of thing. Uh, I think he, he he's very careful with and knows what he's going to say. And I think what he's able to do is is use. Um, Use, I guess, the uncertainty, or, or, or and also use. I was going to say before, use the negative things that have happened to Spurs through the season as kind of motivating factors for the players, for everybody at the club. I think I get the sense personally that that Pochettino is a, is, is really anti stagnation. He's, an, he's anti things getting to uh, you know plateauing. I think he's he, he doesn't like it when players plateau and get too comfortable. I don't think he likes it. When the conditions generally get too comfortable and plateau, I think this, he's somebody that thrives with a bit of adversity and a bit of uncertainty. And I think he's able to use that to Tottenham's advantage and to and uh, to the whole club's advantage, really, especially on the pitch. You know, I think that's one of the reasons why they've been so successful with all these what you would call um, yeah obstacles or, or you know the distractions or whatever you want to call them. You know, the stadium and the injuries, lack of signings, all that kind of stuff. I think what Pochettino and his and his staff are really good at is is turning that into a motivating factor. So, so in terms of you know what he said in press conference and things, well, perhaps he's, he's, it's the same kind of thing. He wants to use it to motivate the club to keep, continue driving forward uh, and making sure they're setting new goals rather than just trying to maintain 
the same ones. Do you know? Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I see what you mean. So you don't think at the moment, Lara, there should be any concern over his long-term future? You see that at Spurs presently? No, I mean, listen, all the all the people that I have spoken to uh, over the last however many months and and and, and put the question to have all, all said it's not really something that that Tottenham need to worry about. Um, he's obviously already got a long contract. He's got another four years left on his contract, hasn't he? So that puts the club, you know, in a very good position, even if Mauricio did say that he wanted to leave. But no, I expect him to be there at the next season. OK. You feel, in order for him to want to be here for the long term, that the squad is going to need investment. And, you know, he did mention, Lowell, the fact that Spurs need to freshen up and rebuild that squad. And he mentioned it would be painful but necessary Let's firstly discuss some of the potential players coming into the club after two consecutive windows without making a single sign-in. And the names that seem to be at the top of the agenda at the moment, we'll start with the first one, is Tangai Undumbele. What can you tell us, Noel? Is there still a long-term interest from Tottenham? Yeah, absolutely. I don't, they definitely want him. Um, this, the interest has been there for a while. Um, I think it was probably 18 months ago or more that I put out a story that they were tracking him and... They've been doing that ever since. Um, but again, the problem for Spurs is how much he's going to cost. Um, I think he's obviously going to fetch a very, very high price because he's he's gone from an emerging talent to to someone who's who's performed a really high standard for Leon now over probably two seasons. I think first on loan and then permanently last year. He's played in the Champions League for them now, um, and a lot of other clubs have been looking at him and, and like him as well. So um, yeah, I think it will be, it will depend on how. How serious interest is from elsewhere, and also how, therefore, how high how high that price goes. Um, but there's, there's certainly nothing close at the moment um, with that one. So yeah, difficult difficult to say at this stage what's going to happen with him. Okay, Jace, is he one of those players that, from what you have seen of him, you would like to see Spurs pursue this guy in the summer? The clips I've seen of him, he reminds me, you know, big, powerful. He reminds me a little bit of a Michael Essien type player and so he's got that clever pass in him as well so you know Michael Essien was a wonderful Premier League player and, and you know he's certainly once once you know all the top clubs that are interested in a player then that tells you everything you need to know about him but but uh, whether he can adapt to the Premier League or, or how long it will take is and, and how long he can adapt to Pochettino's methods of course but yeah definitely that type of I think we need a, a, a type of player where we will have gone against some of the other big clubs and won that battle to sign that player. I think would be a would be a big step for us. With, with Ndombélé, obviously, um, I think what City do depends a little bit um, for Ndombélé because while that City interest is there, that's obviously going to be attracted to the player. So he's one of City's three targets for that position. Obviously, the the Atletico Madrid one, Rodri, is their top top target, um, and also Marcus Llorente is the other one at um, at Real Madrid. So. Um, I think that'll that'll have a bearing on what happens um, with with Ndombele. Do you think, Lyle, Jason's brought this up on a lot of our Love Sports shows and also on the podcast, that what Spurs need to do this summer, differently to what they've done in others, is actually go and beat a top, top club to a top, top player. You know, remember when Man City did it with Rubinho, they trumped mm. Manchester United to that signing. For Spurs to be recognised yeah, as a real that, top that... club, is that going to be a possibility for Tom to do that? Well, I think, I think Spurs are... are in a bit more of a stronger position financially in terms of the, the transfer fees that they can pay this summer. So that puts them, um, it, you know, in the market with other top clubs for what you would call top players or at least the top young talent that's out there, which is what they want to sign. Um, 
but obviously you've still got the the the, the problem with the wages. And, you know, that play, clubs like Manchester City are playing paying some some players over two hundred grand a week, and so that would you know Tottenham are nowhere near that yet in terms of being able to pay players, and then and I don't see them going out and suddenly spending two hundred three hundred grand a week on players. So there's that issue, and uh, and also. You know, City are the champions, um, Premier League champions. You know, they they've got Pep Guardiola to offer um, to play under. You know, it's, it's hard to beat someone, a team like City, to a to a play. You know, there's only a handful of clubs that can really do that. And you know, the, Frankie De Jong, for example, is is an, an example for City where they really really want to get him, um, and he's a top target for them in that position. Uh, but he he went to Barcelona, and there's probably only really Barcelona and maybe one or two other clubs that could have beaten City to him. So it, Tottenham are still kind of relatively in the same, shall we say, um, position in terms of the you know the, the the rank order of clubs. If you're a top player like Ndombele and you've got all of the top clubs in Europe to choose from, um, you know some stuff's going to have to really go in Spurs' favour. I think you know the the, the top clubs are going to have to go for other players or perhaps realise that they're a bit more hamstrung in terms of the transfer fees they can offer and want to prioritise spending more in other positions. So I think Tottenham, yeah, Tottenham's, Tottenham's position is better in the market, I think, this year than it has been before. But it's still a challenge. It's still, still really a challenge for them. It's also, it's also a case of what they could offer the agent fee, isn't it? I think people people seriously underestimate that part of a transfer dealing. You know, we, we, you know when you look at... Okay, the Pogba one is infamous, but Mina Raiola picks up what was it, twenty six million out of that Pogba deal, and you think Juventus are happy to sell a player for sixty million, and Man United want the player, yet the deal has to become what was it, eighty six million to take to take Mina Raiola's part into it, and that's what you've got to deal with when you're the top agent. It's not just a transfer fee on a player; you've got to sort that agent out. And the the higher players, I mean, you know, how many deals is Raiola and George Mendes and people like that in, and and sadly, you've got to you've got to appeal to them as well as just the player these days. Mm. Lo, another guy that's been highly on the agenda this summer so far, which is Lachelso. He seems to be, you know, a player that's made a real impression in Liga, and it's come as no surprise to see some of Europe's biggest clubs linked with him, namely one of them being us Spurs. Um, Betis seem to be wanting around a fee of seventy million euros for their star man. What can you tell us, Lo? Is this another player that Spurs are highly interested in? Yeah, definitely. I think he's a top target for the for the for the number ten position. Um, so, as I understand it now, the clubs have been talking for I think over a week now, maybe coming up to two weeks. I think, obviously, off and on. Um, and he's now on Argentina duty. Um, but I, I think there was a reported offer, wasn't there, in Spain? Um, I mean, what I was told from a source was that there, that there was. I wasn't necessarily quite correct. I think what, what I can gather is that the offer was probably a bit more informal, or at least it was probably more of an indication of what Spurs are willing to pay. Um, but I hear that the betters have been tempted by it. Um, but it's, I think they're in a situation where, you know, they're tempted by it in the sense that they're, they're not regularly in a position to take, you know, 60 million euros, 70 million euros for a player, that kind of area. I don't think I don't remember the last time they've done it. They've been able to sell a player at that at that price. They probably haven't. Um, so, but they're also thinking about this release clause they've got. So it's it's, it's a difficult one for them, and I, I think they can afford to obviously be patient and sit on it and 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 kind of wait to see how things play out um, with the transfer window. But that, from from Betis's point of view, you know, if you've got a release clause, um, I think from a business point of view, 
you don't just necessarily take the first offer that comes your way, do you? They're, you they're in no hurry, Lyle. Is that what you're gathering then? So they're in no well, exactly, hurry to yeah, sell. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so I think the, 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 it could be one that drags out for a bit based on that. <laughs> I don't sell like Spurs, does it, at all? <laughs> well, yeah, but listen, Spurs, yeah. at the end of the day, East Betis is player, not Tottenham's player. That's so right, there's, only yeah. so, there's only so much t- control Tottenham have over the situation, really, you know? Mm. So um, it will be a question of trying to tempt Betis into into um into accepting an offer that's um that's that Spurs can 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 afford. So I mean what again what I said before with it being with the market and and things being a little bit more in Tottenham's favour in terms of the um in terms of the transfer fees that they can pay. Um Pochettino has been assured of quite a sizable chunk of their Champions League revenue spend, which is which has put them in a better position. So if you think Tottenham have wanted a new number ten for you know, a while since last summer, since they tried to get um, Grealish. Now, only last summer they could obviously only go for a for a homegrown player because that was the only they only had one gap in the squad for a homegrown player. They couldn't get any foreign players. But now Dembele's gone. There's a foreign gap at the moment. So, in the in the moment, they've obviously prioritised the number ten position as being the one that they want to improve the most, and they're obviously willing to spend quite a sizable amount of money to get the guy that they want. Um, so. As I understand it, that's what they're trying to do at the moment. Um, and then, if they do that, they will obviously accrue some more money from player sales afterwards, and then have a bit more money to spend from whatever they accrue um, on other players further down the window. So, I think that's where we are with that, where we are with ourselves at the moment. Um, okay. But as far as I know, it hasn't moved any closer to what I reported last week. Interesting. Jason, I mean, he's traditionally a central midfielder. He's also capable of playing slightly further forward as an attacking midfielder. I mean, he scored 16 goals. And there's a six assists in 45 games with Betis. Does he fit the profile of what we're after, Jace? I think many are kind of seeing a lot of these highlight reels and they're likening him to Eric Lamella rather than maybe a direct replacement for Christian Eriksen. What have you seen of him, Jace? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, from the, from the minuscule clips I've seen, he looks more of a Eric Lamella type player that, or the player that we wish that Eric Lamella had become rather than, a, than a, a, just a, a passing number 10 or whatever. But... You know, it's a strange one. I think, you know, when you when you look at him, he'd been on loan, I think, at Betis this season from from PSG, with a with an option for for Betis to buy, which apparently they exercised in April. But I think technically, because of the the, the UEFA rules or whatever, when you register a player, he can't be registered as such as a Betis player until the first of July. And so presumably, Tottenham can't do a deal with Betis until the 1st of July, when he officially becomes their player. Technically, he becomes a, a Real Betis registered signed player until the 1st of July. Technically, he would still be registered as a PSG loanee. I mean, he's registered. So, um, you, yeah, you just re-register. I mean, the registration, you obviously register a player as being, you yeah. know, you know separately to the deal. So you have the dual deal where the player is, is, you know, legally your player and then you register him. So, if you were to, if Tottenham were to you know set up a, to do a deal, shall we say in in advance, then yeah, obviously they wouldn't be able to register him until the registering point until the end of his what would be his loan contract, which would be obviously the end of this month. Okay, there's also rumours, Lyle, linking us with Bruno Fernandes. Now many have seen this maybe as an alternative or or a smokescreen for the Chelsea deal. Can you tell us with Bruno Fernandes? I mean. Great player. You have to say that Sport Lisbon captain scores a ton of goals despite being, I'd say, more of a central midfield kind of role. Any real interest there from Spurs as far as you understand it, Lyle? I wouldn't call it interest because 
he's going to be too expensive for them. I think they know that. Um, you know, he's another player who's got even more interest in him from other from other clubs, and uh, I think his valuation is higher than their Celso's anyway. So, um, so no, I mean, there's been no approach or anything like that, uh, and and there's certainly no interest in doing a deal for him, as far as I know. But they definitely like him. I mean, so many other uh, mm. other clubs like him. He's obviously top, you know, top of United also have been linked, position. haven't they, with him? Yeah, United. I think have strong. Yeah, United, City. I think their name's been mentioned. Um, and listen, you know, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, most of the other clubs across Europe as well that obviously we don't cover so closely, but um, but yeah, no. So I wouldn't I wouldn't go get excited over that one if I if you were a Spurs fan. Okay, Jason, what Lowe said there. I mean, it seems like the Chelsea is the man they want for that number ten role. The, the more you read about it, it seems to seems to be the the one that's most heavily linked. And you know, it's like I've always said with signings, mate. You know, however good they look on YouTube or however good they look in in the league of games and things like that. I've always had the view that if, if Pochettino really nails his colours and says that's the player I want, then then that's the one I want them to go and get. So if, if Pochettino's adamant that he's our, he's, he's our big summer signing, then that's fine by me. Mm. Do you think, though, again, it's always a difficult one, this, but the risk of bringing a, a foreign player into the league, I mean, Spurs have had their hands burnt before, you would say, the likes of Janssen and Kudu, I mean, Lamella to some degree. We know he's had the potential, we've seen Lamella to be a great player. He's had a lot of injuries, though. You can't ever know, sit there and guarantee he's going to set the league alight. But I presume there's been a lot of extensive scouting done on all of these players they're looking at, naturally. Yeah. I mean, listen, signing any players is, is weighing up the amount of risk. And, and, and any club, no matter what level they are, whether it's League Two or whether it's the Premier League, you, you do as much work as you can to minimise the risk. But there's always going to be a certain amount of risk that you just can't avoid. You know, you can do... You could be, you can be um, any top club. You could be Tottenham or Man City or or whoever, um, and do all the amount of research that you possibly can. But that that risk is always going to be there. So you, you're always going to get one or two or three who um, who don't do what you, you you think they're going to do. And listen, that could be a number for a number of reasons. You never really know how a foreign player is going to settle into the country until they get here. Really, I mean that's that's just a given. You you, you can you can get to know as much about them. They can have great English. Um, but until they actually get into the country and, and settle down and live here, you never know how they're really going to feel. I mean, you just have to imagine it from our point of view. If one of you guys moved to a different country because you're offered a job, you, you, you know, your 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 Spanish might be impeccable, and you might know loads about Spain. You might have been there on holiday, but you know, you don't necessarily know how you're going to fit into that particular city. That's just the nature of it, um, I guess. Lo, a guy that you spoke about a lot when doing these last one on Spurs shows has been Ryan Sessegnon. He seems to be a continual name mm. that comes up window after <laughs> window. And again, there's rife you know, speculation that Spurs are close to agreeing a deal to finally bring the player to the football club. We hear that you know, he's a player that wants to work with Pochettino, would love to develop under him. What can you tell us, Lyle? Will this deal finally get done this summer and Ryan be a Spurs player? <laughs> well, actually, I think probably, uh, yeah, for the first time of all these windows, it's, it's one that I actually yeah expect to uh, to get done. I think um, it's definitely correct that he wants to join Spurs. That's how I understand it, um, and because of that, I think Tottenham um, can be quite relaxed uh, about it at the moment. Um, so, I mean, listen, it's been been people have been saying that it's close, or there's been reported elsewhere that it's been close for for um, for ages. But you know, it's it's not close until the clubs start talking and doing a deal. And as far as I know, they they haven't started doing that yet. So. You know, but I think everyone's aware that 
that Ryan wants to join Spurs. So, like I said, they can they can be relaxed about it. There's obviously Man United and, and Juventus in the background as well, but I think they 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 know as well that um, that Ryan wants to wants to stay in London and and, and go to Spurs. So um, so yeah, I think the conditions are there, aren't they? Um, he said he's not going to sign a new contract there. He's got one year left. Uh, Fulham have also been relegated. Uh, he doesn't really fancy playing in the Championship again for obvious reasons. Um, Pochettino loves him, has done for ages. I don't think um, anybody's put off by the fact that he had a challenging first year in the Premier League. It's probably been good for him. He's mm. probably learned a lot yeah. from it. Um, so, you know, all the talent's still there. 19 years old. What more do you want? <laughs> well, Jotlo, you know? In terms of the, do you think the transfer fee Spurs are naturally they're going to be looking to, to knock that down? I mean, there's still been reports that Fulham are looking for alleged 50 million. You I mean you can't imagine Daniel Levy paying 50 million for a player in the Championship as as great as his talent is, and you know he's got the potential to be a world beater in in seasons to come. I mean, do you roughly, if you had a hazard a guess, what Spurs are looking to pay for him? What what would you think? Um, I, I don't know exactly what they what they're looking to pay for him, but you just have to think about it in terms of the market. You know, the player wants to join you; he doesn't want to join anybody else, and there's nobody else competing. Mm-hmm. He's got one year left on his contract. He's playing for you know he doesn't want to be a relegated club. He's he's rejected his contract, and Tottenham can be you know relaxed and 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 you know let the window play out a little bit. Then um, I think and get into a situation where they could do a good deal for him. Okay, Chase, do you see him potentially as being the long-term left-back at the club if he comes in? Will he be guaranteed that position? Because obviously the speculation about Danny Rose, we're going to ask Lowell later in the show, uh, and Ben Davis as well. What, what do you think, Jace? Does he come and slot in at left-back, or do you want to see him in a more advanced role? No, he's not a left-back for me. Anywhere near a left-back, not a Premier League level for me. So uh, it reminds me very much of, of the Gareth Bale that we signed, not the Gareth Bale that we sold, you know, where we saw, you know, didn't we, Gareth Bale really struggled defensively when he, he made that step up and, and his first 20-odd games where he played a lot of them at left-back. I think, you know, possibly as a left-wing-back, that's, that's a, a possibility. But I, I definitely see him playing further forward. Lyle, is that how you see it? I mean, from what you've obviously been doing a lot of research on the player in terms of his career, where would you say his preferred position is on the field? Um, that's a good question, actually. Uh, I think he can play... Left back, left wing back, and left left wing. I think that's probably one of the reasons why um, they want to get him in as well because of that versatility. You know, we know we know we like Pochettino likes players that can play a number of different positions. He can move around. You know, Pochettino's teams are fluid, so although you know, although he might start him in a certain position, uh, you know, you know he's gonna he's gonna be spending more time forward as a as a fullback uh, or a or a wing back or whatever um, than than the average one. So. I think that's part of his charm. It's interesting because I remember speaking to Djukanovic at Fulham um, about it because he was playing. It was when he was playing at left wing. So I was covering Fulham that season when they got promoted and he'd been playing higher up the pitch. And one of the reasons he was playing higher up the pitch is because they didn't really have a player to play in that position, uh, but they had a left back. Um, so, and he said, I, I remember asking him where he still thought his, you know, where he thought his best position was, and he said he still thought he was he was better as a left wing back or a left back than he was as a left winger at that point. Um, and I think there's a few plenty of coaches around who are who 
would agree with that. So although he's, he hasn't, you know, shone as a left back, and, and I think most people see him as a left winger because he's, that's where he was at his best when um, Fulham got promoted. I think he can play anywhere up that side. I think I think Tottenham would want to develop him into a player that could play anywhere up that side. So with signing Sessegnon, you're really kind of getting a player that can play anywhere along there you know what whatever system you want to play if you decide you want to play three at the back and wing backs he could play as your wing back if you want to play four at the back he could play as your left back mm. or if you want to play him further up the field um and play someone else at left back a ben davis for example then uh, then you know you've got that option as well so and that that's what Pochettino likes doesn't he the versatility and the options to play different different systems and and, and play players in different different positions because you get Think you get a, a you know a result out of different strengths, and you also have the benefit of um, confusing the opposition somewhat. So mm. now, unfortunately, no, we haven't got you all night, so we can't sit and talk about every single transfer link because we could be here <laughs> till potentially next week, as Jason would know. Yeah. But some other English yeah. players that have been mentioned are the likes of uh, Crystal Palace's Aaron Wan-Bissaka, Bournemouth's David Brooks, you know Nathan Aki, <laughs> Jack Clark, and Leeds, Holst, Jared Bowen. Norwich's Max Aaron and of Jack Grealish again being mentioned. Any of those mm-hmm. players I mentioned there? Anything Spurs you can see happening this summer with those guys? Anything you can see potentially happen for Tottenham? Mm, interesting. Uh, Grealish is going to stay at Villa. Um, Definitely. And obviously they've got, yes, um, that's how we understand it at the moment. He's, he said he's going to stay there. Uh, I think. Um, who else did you say? Jack Clark's an interesting one. Uh, Tottenham definitely, you know, reignite their interest in him this summer. Um, again, he's another youngster, so you know, I don't think he's necessarily going to come in and play first team, but he might be someone they look to do. Uh, Nathan Aki is an interesting one as well. They've been looking at him for a long time, but I don't think centre-back is really the priority at the moment. Um, obviously, Patonga and, and Alderweireld have both got another year left. Who else did you mention? Wan-Bissaka, difficult one. He's going to be very, very expensive. I think too expensive for Jason's favourite, Lowell. You're letting him down there. That's the one Jason wants, isn't it, Jason? That's the one you want. The one I wanted last summer, let alone this summer. Really, really. Great player. Yeah, great player. From from day one when he made his debut against us, he just looked in and thought, no, this is a a young kid way beyond his years. And very much like... Very much like Alexander Arnold, really good going mm. forward, but knows how to defend as well, and it's it's so yeah. so different in the fullback. But you know, yeah. I mean, I see him mentioned to us, but I don't actually really see any serious link. I mean, I mentioned that well, apparently about a bid, yeah, that's him, right. but we don't really seem like we're really pushing for Aaron Wan-Bissaka, which is a, a big disappointment. Well, they, they can't at the moment, can they? Really, because they've got two right backs at the club um, still, and also. For Tottenham, it's about spending money in the priority position. So, obviously, number 10 is the priority position that they've wanted for a long time, and that's where they can spend the money and where they're looking to spend the money. How many how many deals Tottenham can do at, at 50, you know, 50, 60 million yeah. pounds? Is they, they can't do 50, 60 million pounds on a player in every position that they need, unfortunately, because they haven't got 200 million, 200, 300 million pounds to spend. So That is a that, shame, Noel, uh, and everyone has just stopped listening yeah, now. Of course it's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> everyone stop listening now, you said that. But yeah, it's the, truth. it's the truth, isn't it? I mean, like you said there. I mean, oh, yeah, really, the money clever, just so. isn't there yet. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, how many? how many clubs spend three hundred million in a transfer transfer window? I mean, it's just not uh, FFP still exists, despite what all the big clubs, all the big clubs, despite what the likes of PSG and, and people like that have done and spent. You know, it's, you're not going to see every club follow suit and go, "Oh, we'll we'll do all as well," because we don't know whether people are going to get their hands burned with FFP. So. Um, you have to spend 
um, within your within your revenue. Uh, and and there's no club around, not even a city or a Chelsea is going out going out and spend 300 million in a transfer window. It's just not going to happen. Not even, I mean, 200 million is pushing it. I mean, you look at you look at Real Madrid for example. They've gone and spent um, whatever they spent on 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 Jovic. I think it was about uh, 50 million quid somewhere like that. 52 million pounds. Uh, obviously, Hazard's more like 80 million pounds. Yeah. They, they can't they can't do many more deals at that at that price either. You know they can probably maybe do one more. Uh, obviously targeting Pogba, so yeah, I, I think they did Pogba close to the end of their spending, and that's Real Madrid. So you know Tottenham, whereas they might be looking to spend quite a lot on a number ten like La Celso, they're not going to spend that same kind of money on all the other positions as well. You know they've got to be they've got to be clever. You've got to look at the positions. What what do we need? What are the priority positions for Tottenham? Where have the weaknesses been? And the weakness has been, been, I think, in that link between the defence and attack. Yeah. Um, so, for them, it's it's that Dembele ten position, isn't it? It's eight, eight, and at what you call a traditional number eight and a traditional number ten. I think those are the two two positions that are key for them, um, and where they'll look to try and do the you know the best they can and spend a little bit more than perhaps they have before. And then the others, they've got to be a little bit more, a little bit more clever on. So. You know, if you're looking for, if you're looking to move a left back on, for example, and bring in Sessegnon, Sessegnon could be a good deal because he's top talent and playing the Premier League, and, and he's he's going, you know, not not going to cost you too much money. But whereas Wan-Bissaka is, I mean, he's got every club after him. He's, he could, they, Palace could drive that price right up. Um, I think it was 40 million quid's been rejected so far, and that's and it's early doors yet. So, yeah. you know, so I think he's if somebody does sign him this summer, it's going to be for quite a big fee. You mentioned a lot about the eight and be the eight and ten positions. Again, there's been a whole host of players linked that can play there as such. Even the likes of Julian Draxler, James Madison, Yuri Tillmans, uh, Stephen mm. Bergwijn, Andre Gomez. Any of those players I mentioned there? Can you see anything happening with Tottenham with those guys? Andre Gomez, no. Um, they've not really been interested in him for quite a long time. I we kind of emerged in the press that they dropped their interest recently, but. To be honest, I don't think Tottenham have ever really been that interested in him. I know he's been offered to them in every transfer window. Uh, it's a bit worrying because, when you hear that, Lowell. He's offered in every transfer window. It kind of makes you well. Think, oh. I mean, they, well, it's obviously the Barcelona have been been have been uh, not really had a space for him in their team for quite a while. Um, so he's been offered around uh, either on loan um, or, well, actually, I think only on loan up to this point. I think this is the first window where he's been offered around as or potentially available as a as a permanent deal. So, you know, if Tot- listen, he went to Everton on loan. If Tottenham were that, that desperate to get him, they'd have got him on loan, I think. Um, and, yeah, I, I've not been anywhere, not been aware of any interest in him for for a while. So, so him, though, Madison's obviously one they've tracked for a long time since his Coventry days um, and had a look at it in varying windows. Whether they'll have, have a look at it again this window if this little Celso thing goes away, uh, perhaps... Um, is he good enough, Lord? Do you think, James Madison? Or Madison, I'll ask James uh, that in a I second. So. I mean, Madison's. Don't get me wrong. He looks potentially looks a great player. We can't forget he hasn't been exposed to yeah, European potential, football yet. I, mean, not, I, I think he's not quite at that top level. Is he? he's not mm. quite at that Celso level no. yet, and that's obvious because I mean I think that's reflected in the fact that Celso is the player they're going for. Um, but I think Madison, you know, will will become quite a top player in the Premier League. I think that's quite clear. You know, he's had a he's had a he's he's, he's a good signal of that is how quickly they adapt to the level when they go up and right. he's adapted to the level quickly. He's been very influential for Leicester generally through the season. And then 
within that he's had some quite outstanding games within that so I think that's that's a sign of what the player could become so that's what you're looking at looking to sign if you want to sign you know we want to sign someone like that Tillemans is another one they've liked they had a, they had a, a look at that in January Good um, so yeah so I think he might be someone they look at if um if the Ndombele thing goes goes away, I think. I mean, those those players are kind of similar, but more some of them are a bit different from each other. So, if you're looking for, they're looking for obviously a number ten, uh, and and Madison's a number ten. Uh, Gomez would have been uh, more of an eight. Um, T. Elements is more of an eight, isn't he? He's more of a drive from deep sort of player rather than pick up the ball in, in between channels and 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 attack in the final third. So, yeah, there's him. Who else did you mention? Uh, so Stephen Bergwijn. Bergwijn, yeah, he's more of a winger though. Bergwijn, he's more of a uh, of a sort of direct uh, wire player. So they want a right winger as well. Um, we've got they, they we've are got Niccolo Zanillo, Zanillo from Zaniolo, Rome. Yeah, Zaniolo, yeah, Zaniolo. He's he's more of another young ten. So he's more of a more of a ten kind of playmaking ten. So he would be be of that um, that ilk. And Drax has um, kind of shut down any talk of any else? move from what we understand. Julian Drax, yeah, no, PSG. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay, so the only other players I've got no, here, so. links-wise, set of ego striker Maxi Gomez is a potential alternative to Fernando Lorente with regards to where his future's at. We don't quite know. I mean, you'll probably touch upon it later in the show, but Maxi Gomez, is that a player that Spurs have shown any real interest in? Mm, not to my knowledge, I'll be honest. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I, I haven't heard it. Um, I, you know, I, would, I think the fact that he has been close to joining West Ham in January, um, I think... Uh, on my rounds, I would have it would have been mentioned to me if Spurs were that keen. And again, you have to. It goes back to the to the to the question of what are the priority positions for Spurs, um, you know, and and solving the 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 deputy to Harry Kane uh, dilemma that's been going on <laughs> for, for years, well since years. since yeah. well since Kane emerged essentially as the player yeah. that he is. Um, you know, if you go and buy Maxi Gomez, they're going to have to spend thirty forty million pounds. He's, that means he's going to have to play if he spend that much money. So um, I can't, I can't necessarily. Uh, I don't think I see that one. If you bring in Lacelso and you bring in Ryan Sessignon and you've got Son and you've got Mora and you'd also have mm. Deli Alley, you mm. know, I think it even frees up more for Lucas Mora or Sonny to to be the rotating yeah, exactly. out and out strikers rather than yeah, going exactly. to going out and even Jack Clark. Uh, mm. You know, if you bring him in and, and you play the odd game, you know mm. he's played wide for Leeds, but he's another one that can actually play through the middle. So yeah. you know, I think I think they're going about it and thinking right. If Sonny's to play more up front, then somebody's mm. got to cover that Sonny position far more, yeah. and that's where the, the Celso comes into it. So I think that's how they'll they'll cover the striker role. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at um, what Pochettino I think has done really well this year is is how they adapted to when Kane was out. Um, it was. It wasn't just a case of bringing in Lorente, was it? I mean, I know he played for a few games and did quite well, but they actually came up with a number of different ways of filling the the the, the void that Kane left, and actually to good effect. I mean, they got to the Champions League final without him, didn't they? And and or well, at least through the knockout, through the the later knockout stages right, without yeah, him. Yeah. And, and so I think that's what Pochettino looks to do. He looks for looks for a combination of players that will be able to deliver the the attack. And the and the and the, the, the you know the the whatever you want to call it the the the, the breakthroughs the chances um, and the goals that they need and and I think he did that that brilliantly so there's lots of different solutions to to if you miss a cane. 
I don't I don't think going out and buying uh, uh, you know the, the the closest replica to Kane that you can find is the answer because Kane is such a uni- unique player that plays in such a unique way you know that he's 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 more of a ten but he's actually a nine and he kind of plays both positions at the same time um, so you know I don't think there's another Harry Kane out there so you need to find a different solution I think um, Spurs will look to do that with a combination of players rather than just one. Okay, interesting. Just on the centre back situation, Lowell, we have been linked with a move for Joe Chim Anderson from Sampdoria. I mean, that guy seems to be a player that he looks very young, has got a lot of potential about him to maybe play in the Premier League, uh, mm-hmm. composed with the ball, likes to play out from the back. I mean, do you see Spurs potentially being linked with him? Because what I would ask you is we haven't seen Toby Adavira come out, and we're recording on a Monday here to say that, mm. as far as he's concerned, you know, he does expect to be playing at Spurs next season. Now, again, could be a clever PR stunt. I mean, Ericsson's gone the complete other way and has come out and said that he wants to move from the club. Is Toby just mm. keeping his options open? And does that Joe Anderson link seem an appealing one for Tottenham if Toby does end up leaving this summer? Uh, I don't know a lot about Tottenham's interest in Joe Anderson or not, or whether it exists or not. He's, he's definitely a player they've watched. Uh, they, they watch a lot of players. So there's, there's, I mean, there's loads that I can mention that are around that are that have been watched that are good. Uh, but I think Aki is the one that they like the most as as a centre half. Um, but as I said before, it's not really a priority position for them because I think we we touched on this in January or maybe last summer that the, the kind of situation that Toby Alderweireld did. I mean, he's he's what is he thirty now and yep. and he's he's in a situation where his next move could be the last move that he makes in his career um, or at least the last long-term-ish contracts let's say let's say he gets offered a three-year deal somewhere that's going to take him into this 33 so it's probably going to be the last long lengthy deal that he's going to get so if you're totally out of viral and you're playing at Tottenham you're playing for a team that's pushing in the top four playing the Champions League every year there's no point in making a side step anywhere uh, is there this 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 summer because no. it could go wrong for him yeah um if you're totally out of viral the same as last year or the same as January you're going to want to make a step up. He's going to be looking to do what Ericsson is essentially, you know, thinking of doing, which is stepping up to a, you know, a top top club, one of the top clubs in in, in Europe. And and I and I'm not aware that Alderweireld really has those options available for him. And I think that's been the problem for him last year is that even though he was available at more or less a relatively affordable price or a good price for a player who's essentially in his prime and one of the best centre backs in the Premier League. The top clubs actually weren't there for him because they're either happy with the centre halves they've got or were looking elsewhere. So, I mean, and there are other emerging young centre backs around that clubs want to sign. So, uh, I mean, an example: Manchester City want to sign a centre back to replace Vincent Company. Um, they've obviously looked at Delict. Delict's probably going to go elsewhere. Um, so now they're looking at Harry Maguire. He's 26. He's four years younger than Alderweireld. He's England's, uh, you know, top centre half. He's got far more years ahead of him. So if you're a top club like City, you're going to look for him over uh, Alderweireld. Again, even United. Uh, again, not convinced um, people at United about Alderweireld and weren't last year and, and couldn't agree that that was the player that they wanted. So um, I think they will. They're also looking at Maguire at the moment, and they'd move on to someone like Kaladu Kulabali instead. Again, younger player than than Alder Vireld. Um, you know, and so who else around is there that looking for centre halves? Um, Juventus, again, they've been looking at De Ligt, so we're probably looking at younger ones coming through. So, I think if 
if Toby Alvaro is going to go anywhere, one of the top clubs from somewhere has got to emerge. Otherwise, he'll um, otherwise he'll stick around. Mm, I mean, Jace, let's have your thoughts on Toby Alvaro. And for all of our listeners out there, obviously, Jason's paying whatever you want, player. I mean, he did confirm, <laughs> Jace, that he still has a contract, so he expects to be with Spurs. He says, after a few weeks of vacation, I'll have the freshness and desire to start the season again with Tottenham. I mean, he's saying all the right things, Jace, isn't he, from a PR perspective? Well, he's saying exactly what he should say and, and what Ericsson could have said. But, you know, we all know that that clause is in there. I think, like Lyle says, others, there's not too many clubs want to pay him whatever he wants. So uh, <laughs> so there you go. I mean, you might have to, you might find that out that he, he could have been earning about 120 grand a week for the last three years instead of his 50 grand a week if he'd have signed a deal. So it'd, it'd be quite an irony if, if that ends up happening. But, you know, I think all the time they know that deal's there. I mean, it's, it's, the mention there of Harry Maguire, if you're a City or a United going for Harry Maguire, only one of those two can get him. And then the other one always has the fallback of, well, you know, if, if we reach, when's that, that clause run out? End of July or something like that. Well, it's the last two weeks of the window, last two weeks. So, so you yeah. know, they can do all that groundwork first and, and they can still have Toby on the back burner and like, well, if we reach the end of July and we're still looking, then we know we can dip in and there's 25 million clause. So, you know, Toby's saying the right things at the moment because because that's that is the scenario, isn't it? He's, he's got a contract with Tottenham for next year, and he's he can say he's looking forward to going back there. But of course, we all know if that clause comes in and he he gets the right offer, then it's open for him. But um, we just have to wait and see. I'd, I'd still be surprised if he kicks off next season with us, but you, you just don't know. Mm. I mean, Lowden, based on what you're saying there, do you think there's a possibility that he could even still be a Tottenham player come the start of the season? No, definitely a possibility. Yeah, really? definitely. That is interesting. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely, definitely uh, um, on the cards. Um, that's why. That's what I mean when I say that the centre back is not really a priority. Yeah, because yeah. they've got Vertonghen's not going to go anywhere. Um, Alderweireld Eld is the only one that could go somewhere. But again, uh, the, the the right club needs to materialise for him. Um, and then you've got Sanchez and um, Juan Foyth, and obviously Dyer can play there as well. So the links, though, Lalta Aki. And uh, Joe Tremand, sorry, Jace, do you want to come in? Go on, Jace, you hey, go. Even, even on the centre-arms, even the, the one that would, doesn't worry me, but Jan being the left-sided one and a genuine left-footed player, you know, when we've, we've played with, with uh, Toby and um, Sanchez together, it's usually Toby that's shifted over to the left. And he, you know, whilst he still looks a good defender there, don't get me wrong, he, he still doesn't look a, a completely comfortable. But, you mm. know, if you, if you bring in a Sessignon and... You've got him and Rose or whoever competing for left, and you go to three at the back. We've seen Ben Davis fill in that role, and yeah. you know, it will be that they see. I think Ben Davis now is you know the modern the modern era fullback that we, we're seeing. You, you know, you're at, you look at those two from Liverpool, and they're exactly what the modern era fullback should be. And mm. you know, it will be that Ben Davis. They also starting to think of is is more of Jan's left side left sided centre half replacement. As mm. and going to buy one as well. Mm. Another right back you mentioned, Lyle, which I didn't have a chance mm. to ask you about. You actually reported on it today on the Monday. Was the Marseille right back Hirokai Sakai? Have I pronounced that right? Although there's some concerns about the player's age. Yes, he's tw- 29. So uh, listen again. It's not really necessarily one for people to be getting excited about at the moment, but um, definitely worth uh, certainly definitely worth me marking it this point really that he is a player that they are they're keen on they like him he's, he's the profile really so I think in terms of from my point of view uh, reporting that now is is to obviously 
uh, get ahead of the curve. So to make sure that it's marked, you know, ready for the mm. later on in the summer, that it could be could be somebody they look at doing later in the summer, uh, and also give an idea of the the profile of the player they're looking for. So the t- in terms of the way he plays uh, and his stature, um, that you know that's the kind of the kind of player that they're looking at. You know, somebody who's a bit bigger in size, a bit more defensively sound. Um, somebody just yeah, it works incredibly hard. Um, so yeah, Hiroki Sakai, his name is okay. Good player. Thanks that long because I, I butchered but, it. So I mean, that's, that's why you're on for, for for those reasons alone. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Eriksen, Lyle, next up. I mean, he came out last week and said he's ready to leave Tottenham for a new challenge. He feels that he's at the stage of his career where he wants to try something new. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised that he? did go public. I mean, there has been, again, speculation that he informed the Spurs ball 10 days before the Champions League final willingness to leave the club. Was you surprised to see him go public, Lyle, with that last week? Yes, I was actually. Um, I mean, when the when players go on international duty, there's always that possibility that they'll, I mean, they're always a little bit more likely to talk about their futures at, at that point away from away from the club and probably a little bit more relaxed about talking to their situations than when they've got you know Tottenham staff hanging around um, them at, at games or at the training ground or whatever when on, on media day so but I was surprised to hear him be so open about it um, but I thought actually why I mean why not be open about it I think it's probably but I mean and you, I mean, you can say you can answer this as 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 diehard Spurs fans, you know, whether you prefer a player to be more open and honest about their intentions and how they're feeling about things um, than just say the same old kind of, um, you know, media trained uh, uh, speaks where they don't, where they don't really answer the question Mm. and don't really kind of give you an idea of how they, you know, they answer it, but they don't answer it. And they, and they don't really give you, you an idea of how they're really feeling and you're less kind of, with as many questions, well, more questions and answers really after after hearing it or reading it. So, um, I mean, yeah, what do you think? I've got to be honest, Lyle. I mean, I'll bring Jason Thoughts in it. He's been a wonderful servant to Tottenham, don't get me wrong, but I was disappointed the fact that he went public with right. it because it kind of leaves us in a situation now where you know he wants to move, so yeah. automatically clubs are on alert. And I just think, I just think it's a sign of disrespect. I mean, Jason, what do you think about the fact that Ericsson went public? I mean, I'm disappointed by it. I want Spurs to, you know, go now and replace him and get an adequate player in of greater quality or if not the same I am just disappointed that Ericsson did go public with that uh, I was surprised he did that's for sure um, but what he's saying I think you know when you, you see the whole context of the quote he's, he's open to something new but if he stays at Tottenham it's not a problem and Tottenham ticks but that is so, Jace like saying you know I've got a current girlfriend if I can't upgrade then I'll just stick with the one I've got yeah, no, I know, but we all know, don't we? He's, he's looking for one particular club, and or he's looking for one of two probably clubs. That and let's be fair, when he when he joined us, he always said he knows his career path. I think we've always known that that was in the background. That if he had the opportunity at some stage, he'd want to do it. It's just it's just being honest. I know you compared it, and you said what's the difference between what he did and what Danny Rose did. Mm. The big difference for me between the two is Christian Neverson never said one bad word about Tottenham Hotspur. Whereas Danny Rose was was on a rant and pay me what I'm worth and we why are we having to Google signings and you know Danny Rose's timing of the interview was completely wrong when he wasn't kicking a ball for six months up to it and, and things like that. I mean I didn't see the Christian Eriksen's comment as a, as a, a rant in the way that Danny Rose had gone on, but 
you know, <laughs> but like I, I think I've said to you a number of times with, with all our players, I don't mind if any of them go. I, I, like, I like lots and lots and lots of them. And, and I like Christian Eriksen. And in an ideal world for me, Lo Celso would be coming in to be alongside Christian Eriksen. Yeah. But you know, after five years, mm. I think there's just that, that common thing that after five years, you know, I mean, you, you go back to the, the famous 2-2 game at Stamford Bridge and we've still got Sonny, we've still got Eriksen, we've still got Delhi, we've still got Kane, we've still got Dyer, we've still got Vertonghen, we've still got Toby, we've still got Hugo in goal. And you think, you know, has that group, you know, does, does that group need some, some fresh blood into it? And in which case... The key group of those players that have been through two losing finals, three losing finals, mm. one runner-up in the league, you know, maybe one or two of those, you, you do have to just replenish in those positions. Maybe you need fresh ideas in those. So that's not saying I don't like Christian Eriksen and I don't want him, but I don't fear any of those players leaving because ultimately they still haven't delivered what we really thought they would have done over that five-year period. Yeah, I mean, I mean, can you see, Lyle, a situation where we sort of Liverpool, they sold Coutinho, but they end up getting a, a more well-rounded squad. They brought in a new goalkeeper. They went and got Van Dijk. Can Spurs use the Ericsson funds to be of a benefit overall long-term to actually go out and improve the squad more as a whole? So by taking yeah. out one player, you actually end up with having more, as I said, like I say, a, a well-rounded squad. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely possible. That's obviously going to be the challenge for them if... Uh... If Ericsson does leave, I think. Will he leave, love? That's the question. I mean, do you, do you well, think, I think he'll I'm, leave I'm, this I, summer? I don't. Listen, I'm not. I'm not a fortune teller. I can just <laughs> report what I know is the case um, day by day. But um, I think you've got to give players, and and I would include Ericsson in this. You've got to give players the capacity to be able to be in two minds and still perform. So, um, I mean, I think personally, I thought Ericsson went off the boil a bit Agreed. towards the end of the season. Um, wasn't at his best. Uh, I think that was. I think had he been at his best, Tottenham, you know, would have had more of a chance of winning that that final, um, and perhaps you know wouldn't have lost as many points as they did towards the end of the year. Um, so that's a, that's a worry in the sense that if if Ericsson stays, you know, what what Ericsson are you getting at the end of it? Are you getting an Ericsson that is potentially feels. Um, uh, like he's missed out on something that he wants or is settling for second best in his mind by staying and not getting the move that he potentially wants or will we get will you get an Ericsson that you know accepts it and his best you'd obviously hope and, and expect that it will be the be the second one but you've got to give players the, ch the, the 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 chance to be able to do both i think the modern day football player is you know it, it's not it's not a black and white to them it's not it's not i'm you know, I'm I'm going to be here, or I'm not going to be here. Um, I think in what Ericsson said, he reflected, you know, a, a enough intelligence and 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 an uh, outlook on his career, an outlook on himself, and the game that that he if he doesn't get the move, the move that he wants, then he would still be able to perform and commit and be the be a great player for Spurs. So, so um, yeah, I think um, well, that's why I, I think. Cut him a little bit of slack for for being in the situation that he is. I think if Madrid are, are serious bidders and they they've already spent, I think they're already committed to 280 80 million this summer with with Hazard, Jovic, Rodrigo, and and they they bought Eder from from Porto. So there's 280 million. If they're really serious about Pogba, and you're talking about another, you know, 100 to 150 on top of that, 
have they really got the funds to sign Christian Eriksen? Because I mean, that's just you, you can't spend six hundred. Can't spend six hundred million in a transfer window, as Lyle said. And if you've brought in Hazard and you've brought in Pogba, is there a role for for Christian Eriksen? So I think you know, if Eriksen moves, I think it will be quite. I think they'll they'll push the boat if they're genuinely interested in Pogba. They'll they'll spend a lot more in the summer trying for Pogba first, knowing that Christian Eriksen's effectively said, "Look, I'll wait for you, and and you can come and." pick me off when you you know later in the window if you want but I, I genuinely I, I get the feeling that Ericsson will end up staying that he'll end up signing a deal but without any of us knowing there'll be a, a get out clause that if Madrid or Barcelona come for him next summer then then he can leave for a, a fixed price or something like that and I, almost probably in the way that Chelsea have, have handled Hazard this year with, without it ever being a, a, a you know it'll be a gentleman's agreement or a clause in a new contract or something like that Okay, you have it there. Next player up on the list, Lowell, it's an ever lo long list, this one. Kieran Trippier. All signs point towards him being one of the players that are going to be leaving the club. I mean, he certainly didn't play it down after the Champions League final. He's admitted that he would like to stay in the Premier League. Where do you see him go going, Lowell? Yeah, I think he's um, an interesting one. He could end up in a number of places. Obviously, the Napoli interest has been well established. Um, I know his family went out there and had a look at Naples and liked it. Um, but obviously he's come out and said that he'd rather stay in the Premier League and I don't think he would be short of offers in the Premier League either. So I think it's probably more likely that if he does leave, it would be uh, it would be to another Premier League club. Um, but he's, listen, yeah, he's certainly a player that Spurs listen to offers for. I think they listen to offers for him and, and Aurier. Um, uh, so, so, yeah, um, shame for Trippier, I think, because I thought he was fantastic last season not the season just gone but the season before obviously you know, a great World Cup as well and I thought we were looking at the emergence of of a, of a long term steady right back for Tottenham but this is but this I mean form has just escaped him this year and he's made so many errors and even when they went through in the um, in the second leg at Ajax he was making a few errors that were quite obvious and I mean on the one hand I, I, I would personally I thought that Tottenham or, and I would personally cut him some more slack um, from having a difficult season because I think last season and the World Cup was such a uh, I mean there was a lot of football it feels it feels I don't know about you guys but I think it feels like we've had two years of solid football so I can imagine the players can are also feeling like that and some are going to have you know suffer more than others some are going to have burnout um, and I think you know uh, whether it's at Spurs or somewhere else next year, Trippier could quite well revive himself and and still be a great player. I mean, I know he's getting a little bit older now, but he's what only 27, isn't he? So, um, I think there's still a still a good player in there, personally. Okay, Jace, what do you think, Kieran Trippier? Would you still be inclined to give him another season, or on the back of the last one, have you just seen enough now, Jace, to want to see him moved on? I think he's had a he's had a dreadful season, but I don't think he's as bad a player as we've seen this season, but. I don't think he's ever going to be the player we really want him to be. I think he's probably, in an ideal world, is our backup right back to play at home to Brighton. You know, <laughs> in, in, or, or, you know those types of fixtures. Whereas when we're playing Manchester City or Liverpool, or it's a Champions League semi-finals and things, then then I'd I'd, I'd hope we'd have a, an upgrade on him. I think the, the difficult thing for him will be is, you know, much like Lyle talks about about Toby taking a, a sideward steps and things. I think for Kieran Trippier, I mean, I'm astonished Manchester United are interested in him. I, I get the feeling that's a paper talk link rather than a genuine link. But, you know, you can't really see City going for him, Liverpool going for him, Chelsea going for him. 
you know, Arsenal were his, would, on, on the top side anymore. So, you know, you get the feeling that he'd, he'd be a, an Everton or a West Ham or a, or a Newcastle type player. And I'm not so sure he'd want to leave Tottenham for one of those clubs. So it's, it's a strange one. I think it will just depend. I, I mean, if, if the club has come to you privately and said, look, we'll listen to offers for you in the summer, then, then I think you know that you, you, your days are numbered and, and he may just have to take the best offer that's on the table. But I think for, for Kieran Trippier, if he does leave, it will definitely be a step down from Tottenham to, uh, like I say, to one of those types of clubs. OK, and then another player we've seen linked away, Lowe, is Eric Dyer again, Man United. Now, this one has been hovering around for a good two or three years, depending on who the Man United manager is in charge. Can you see that happening there? He seems to be linked as an alternative to Nemanja Matic. You know, he only made 18 appearances for Spurs last season due to also, I mean, injury poor form. I mean, do you see that happening now? No, I'm not aware of anything with Dyer happening this summer, personally. Um, so, I'm expecting him to stay. Um, I think United have got Matic in there, haven't they? Um, we'll see what happens with Pogba there, but I think Man United's priorities are also elsewhere than defensive midfield player like Dyer. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not aware of anything and I would expect him to stay. OK. I think um, as well, just, just on that, I think it's the, the timing and the value of some of these offers. Because, I mean, let's be honest, we're talking about losing Ericsson. I think lots of us would replace Lamella. Lots of us would replace Trippier. Lots of us would replace Oria. Lots of us would replace Wanyama. Still on Jason, got no squad left here. Well, well, exactly. And, and you know, we saw before, you can't just bring in seven or eight players and expect, you know, to click your fingers and it all gels. And one of the things that we did learn, even though we didn't sign anyone this summer, we did see the benefit early in the season of, of that squad unity, knowing that even without the proper pre-season, they all knew their role in the team. They all knew their jobs. There was nobody new to Pochettino's methods. But if you start bringing in seven, eight, nine players to replace all the ones that aren't good enough, then then you're asking a hell of a lot for nine players. And we, we, we just don't look at Everton's struggles with bringing in huge numbers of players. Look at Fulham this year for doing it. So, you know, we've got to be careful. I think we've got to be reality-wise that if you sell... Trippier and you sell Wanyama and you sell that, then you're looking and thinking, can we really afford to replace Eric Dyer this year? No, we can't. Or if you flog Dyer, then can you really replace Kieran Trippier? Don't forget Kieran Trippier is a homegrown player as well. So, and, and with Danny Rose talking about leaving, I mean, all these homegrown types of players as well, it's, it's, it's not that easy to do, to replace nine players and keep that balance of homegrown and club homegrown that Danny Roses and things. So I think, you know, for me, Eric Dyer's not for sale this summer, but I, Wanyama would be. OK, another one, again, a far-off link, this one, Lowell. Hugo Lloris being linked with potentially Paris Saint-Germain. Now, we have to admit, you know, Lloris has been one of those players that has been committed to Maurizio Pochettino's project, loves playing under him. Anyway, Lowell, this could happen. I, I mean, I couldn't personally see it, but could you? No, I don't think so. Club captain. Okay, that's good. Kill that one, Jace Larice. We had this debate during the season, Jason, about Larice and Gazaniga. Do you think Larice has done enough over all you, Jace, to still be Spurs' number one? I think there's there's problems with with Hugo's game, kicking wise, where the modern football, if you really want to play possession from the back, it doesn't suit him. But no, I don't. You know, I, I don't see Paolo Gazaniga as our number one goalkeeper. That's the first thing. So I think if Lloris goes, are you going to get in a better goalkeeper or a same goalkeeper at a level as Hugo Lloris? 
nowhere near it. And, and like Lyle says, if we're spending 60, 70, 80 million pounds on players, I can't see us trying to do that with a with a goalkeeper. So, no, I, you know, I, I, I sincerely hope Hugo's here next year. But with the benefit of a of a clear summer that he, he, he just gets, you know, that, that little bit he, he lost this year, he gets his focus fully back and we get the Hugo we all know back. Mm, I mean... Also, lol, defender Danny Rose admits no secret he may leave Spurs this summer. He says, if I'm great, if not great, it's no secret I've been linked with a move in the media and it's the club's policy to move players on when they reach a certain age. But, you know, lol, it's funny because he's younger than Sissoko. Would you mm. feel it would be a stranger if Tottenham would let Danny Rose go? I mean, he seems to be coming back into some of his old form last season. Yeah, yeah he has. He has. He's been good. Um, I don't think it would be strange uh, if he left. I think he's, you know, he's been been uh, a player that's been you know discussed as potentially leaving for quite a while now hasn't he so um but i think of, the, of either two two left backs again i think they'll they'll listen to offers for either of them um i think i think davis might be more likely than than uh, than rose uh, of the two and um, there's nothing necessarily happening that makes me think that but um but other than you know rose's form i think has been better than davis's um and if you if you you know you want to bring in a new left back then you need to move one on i think um I mean, Rose and Sessegnon is your two choices. Is that left back next season would be would be pretty oh, good. Fantastic. Do you still feel the so, same, uh, Jason? Danny Rose, out of interest, despite the fact of how he came back to some form that we saw when he was I, at his best in that fifteen sixteen season. Without a doubt, he's playing better than I thought he would have done. I, having missed so much time through injury, my worry was always: will he be physically fit enough for the demands of thirty Premier League games plus you know a dozen Champion League games type of thing? So, you know. I still think we don't quite see the best of Danny Rose in the last third that we had. I mean, you know, I can remember Danny Rose, forget the volley against Arsenal, but he came up, I mean, the goal he scored against Burnley in a Premier League game where we went charging through and I think he scored He scored a goal against Swansea and things like that at home. I don't think we quite see the, the Danny Rose's quality in that final third that we that we saw when he was at his very, very best. Um, but the fact that, you know, the comment that seems to have been lost with, with Danny Rose, even last year, when, when he was talking about his mental health and he said, you know, a club that, that was possibly, he was speaking to last year asked him if he was crazy. That just shows you last summer he was talking to a, a club. Mm, yeah. So that, that shows you the... And, and players now, you know, I, I know people say, oh, you shouldn't go tapping up, but we all know... That, you know, he may well have had the word with the club and yes, if an offer comes in and they kind of give you permission to speak and, and kind of give your agent a chance to go and say, right, let's let's tout for some business and see what offers come to the table. So, you know, but he is a club homegrown player and, and you have to have four of those in that UEFA squad. We've got Kane Rose and, and Harry Winks at the moment. And so if you lose another one of those, you know, you are starting to pick as your Oliver Skip and your Troy Parrott as your as your club homegrown players, and that, that is two spaces they're missing. So I probably would sooner keep Danny Rose, but I can understand why, why the club are open. But again, like Trippier, I think it's hard for him to get that really top club. Mm. Lyle, just to finish up on contracts, you've been very kind this evening with all the knowledge you've given us so far, so we can't thank you enough. You know, we saw last summer Spurs sign the likes up of Harry Kane, Deli Alley, Winks, Sanchez, Sonny, Lamella... They all put paper to new long-term deals. I mean, there's no doubt the new contracts, they do create a harmony inside the club and some stability for what you felt last season was going to be a, a busy summer ahead, which never really transpired to be in terms of transfers. Do you see the same thing happening this summer, potentially, low in terms of new contracts being handed out? 
I mean, listen, it's not a priority for them, as far as I know at the moment. It's not something that I've been spending my time looking at um, in terms of in terms of news gathering. Um, there's so much business to be done. Lucas Mora might be the one that they they look to to upgrade a bit. Having missed out on the final and done that, done the mm. remarkable trick in Ajax, they may think look, perhaps he just needs a, a little bit of reassurance. So well, yeah, maybe in terms of Lucas yeah, rewarding Moore. how well he's done. Yeah, yeah. There, are, there, there, are, there are contracts to be to be sorted. I mean, obviously you've got, but you know, Vertonghen's got one year left. That's a situation that needs a resolution, some way or another. Um, you've got uh, Ericsson's situation needs re- resolving one way or the other. Um, and Lorente's another another interesting one. Spurs had a there was a, a date by which they could have extended his deal automatically, which they missed, um, and they can still negotiating have a deal with him but obviously then they're negotiating in the same terms as other clubs and uh, negotiating uh, a new deal so they're kind of the balls in in Lorente's court really I mean even if he wants to stay you know, he's in quite a good situation if he's got interest from elsewhere to um to use that to his you know to his advantage really negotiating wise so um but I think there's still a possibility that Lorente could uh could get another deal and stay again. I think it'll be it will depend on who they get in and what their attacking attacking situation looks like. Wanyama further into what's, the what's window. You, what's your gut to on on Wanyama? Love. I, I think he's another one they'll listen to offers for. I think. I think. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens to him. Him and him and Lamella. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've, we've said we've we've mentioned most of them. I think. And we know by now they're both right backs. Obviously, both left backs. Wanyama, Lamella. Um, I think are. And then we've got Janssen and Nkudu. What's going to? Yeah, Janssen and Nkudu. Obviously, I think. Um, yeah, I think. Obviously, they they need to find new hopes. Or is that a <laughs> case of trying to, to try Spurs trying to find clubs to buy them? Is that part of it as well, Lyle? Uh By all loan, I think it would obviously preferably buy. I think both of them have been around longer than they need to be. Um, but it depends whether they get offers, permanent offers. You know, I think that unfortunately for both of them, they haven't played much football. Um, certainly domestically they haven't played um, football and you know to, pr- to prove to other clubs that you are a potential sign and you need to play as much as possible so I think Nkudu's played a little bit more obviously because he's been out on loan uh, I don't know how much he's played in Monaco actually I've not had a look uh, I don't think he's started a game now I think he's ah, okay. so, you know, talking about a player that, that, that couldn't play for Burnley and he can't play for Monaco and he can't play for Tottenham you get mm. a feeling with Nkudu they, they might they might just as well pay his contract up and, and give him a free transfer because I can't see how they're going to get any money for him whatsoever. None whatsoever. Yeah, maybe he's, depends, on, he's not going to be on that bigger wage packet where, no. I mean, if, what's he on? 25 grand a week or something like that. So you think just for a couple of million quid, pay his contract up and, and just get rid. Mm, maybe. or I mean, listen, if, but if there's, if there's a, is a club out there that's willing to take on his, his wages, then yeah, then they just they just let him let him do that, wouldn't they? Um, so, you know, who else was was interested in him? I think the likes of Wren have been interested in him before. A couple of German clubs like Mainz have been interested in him before. Um, so, uh, listen, I, I don't think Nkudu will be short of offers in France for a start, um, certainly on loan. Um whether any of them would want to do it permanently or not, I don't know. Janssen's a bit more difficult because obviously he hasn't played. Uh, you know, he came We've seen on. Fenerbahce and... link with him, haven't we, Lowe? Again, is that is that have a we? potential okay, goer? There has myself. been a potential goer for, for for that. I don't know again if that's a if that's a real I'm link, not, of course. But I've not heard that one. Uh, not heard that one myself, but possibly. Um, so yeah, Janssen's uh, another difficult one to uh, to shift because he hasn't played for much football, he's had injuries, so yeah. he's, a, he's a big risk for anyone and you know I can't imagine Janssen will, you know, just want to 
go and play for anyone. He'll want to go and play for the biggest club that he can. So, um, okay. so yeah, it'll be another challenge to find him at home. Final four names, Lyle, and I promise you your work is done for what's been a wonderful <laughs> I'm sweating, <show>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Odomar, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Marcus Edwards. Are we like to see these guys ever head back out on loan or move permanently? And the same for Walker-Peters. Do you think he'll also move out on loan to get some more experience under his belt? Don't know is the short answer. Um, probably. Uh, they've all been out on loan apart from Walker-Peters, haven't they, last year? Don't really see, you know, the they have a, an immediate future in the team. Kyle Walker-Peters, I think, is a different case. I think he's been quite good when he's come in. I think he's someone that, that's probably more likely that, that Pochettino would want to have him around. Um, certainly, if they you know lose both the full-backs in that position and bring in another one, then, then Walker-Peters has got a chance to play. So I think for him, it's probably a question of pre-season being another clean slate that he can come in and, uh, and you know, see how highly he can perform and how he can do in in the preceding games and whether he could actually be somebody that Potch thinks oh no I want I want him around and uh, and potentially available so okay well I think that is all the players covered Lyle do we have a cut the second to do some quick fire questions from our listeners would you mind us a cut the quick fire of questions of course very kind of course God tell what Jace what a gent eh Adam Friday an hour and a half talking transfers are you still there Jace are you surviving the, the one thing we got to worry about with Carl Walker Peters is that he's now turned. 22 in the registration so whereas ah, last year he, he doesn't have to be registered and particularly champions league registered and things like that now yeah. he's got to take up a squad place so right. you've got to think if we're, if we're going to use up a squad place on somebody that you've got no intentions of playing so there is more a little bit more of thought has got to go into carl walker peters next year but, but if you sell rose and you've got to fill yeah. that club homegrown spot then there's your club homegrown fullback type of thing that is interesting. Lyle, we'll kick off the questions I'll ask you the first one. Harry at THFC underscore HM says, are we looking to sign players up much quicker than we usually do, i.e. within the first weeks of July? <laughs> okay. Well, as we reflected before, didn't we, that they've got a, a certain amount of the Champions League revenue that they can spend immediately. So it's how quickly they can spend that money. They're obviously looking to do it on La Celso at the moment. So, if, you know, if they can do La Celso at the, at the price they want, then in theory, yes. But it's not a question of, right, we need to spend this before this date and let's just go and get the player that we can and spend whatever on it. It's like the market is is is, is something that you have to, um, you know, play effectively and be adapted to. Um, and, and it's not totally under your control. And I think that's something that fans need to be aware of, that as much as it may seem like certain clubs can go out and do whatever they want, whenever they want, they can't. Right? Even the top clubs can. You know, the players that we, we want to sign, elite players, Spurs don't have no appeal to go out and sign them on June 1st because yeah. they will wait for other elite clubs. Yeah. But as a word of warning, Vincent Jensen was a nice early signing. He was our last yeah. early signing. And exactly. so, you know, that just shows you it's... You know, and so he had the full pre-season to adopt to Poch, which everyone says you've got to do, and, and look mm. how Vincent Jensen turned out. So it's getting the right signing. And mm -hmm. If we sign Ndombele on August the 5th, or mm -hmm. do you want to sign Danny Drinkwater on June the 4th? Yeah. Just so we've got one on June the 4th. Get the right signing, and if that has to happen on August the 4th, then so be it. Yeah, yeah that's a great point. I'll wait till August the 31st, it means getting Ndombele, Jace, don't worry. You can't do that. Oh, sorry. Can't... By, what is it, August the 8th? Change that, August the 8th. 
feet. Yeah, I'll be on holiday August first, mate. <laughs> See, Jota Love, Jason, he gives it all about not knowing transfers. He knows the dates, he knows the registration. You know it, Jason. <laughs> I'm ready to unmute you on August the 9th. That's what it is. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, next one, Lars, from Shrias Rayo, who says, what do you think, again, this is probably hypothetical, I don't know you're going to guess this, what do you think the net spend will be for Spurs this summer? Is it possible for us to have a window like Liverpool had the last season? And is there any intent to get deals done early? Same question as Harry. Um... Well, I, I, don't know, I can ask you to answer that. I mean, any thoughts on that question? Yeah, difficult to answer. Um, I have no idea if, if they'll have a net spend or what the net spend will be. Yeah, like you just said, it depends on depends on all the factors that go into a transfer window. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Okay, James, I'm going to throw this one at you because it's unfair to ask Lyle this one. This is from Stunning Spurs. Said, if you had to choose the three most likely signings for Spurs this summer, who would they be? Mary Mungo and Meech, mate. No interest in. Honestly, Lacelso. I think will happen. I think Lacelso will happen, and then it's it's just what Pochettino wants. You know, I'd love it to be Wan Bissaka, but it's not going to be him. I'd love it to be Ndombélé. I think that's thirty seventy against us. But Lacelso is is one that I think will happen. That's for sure. And I think Cessignon will happen. Okay. Lol, thank you ever so much for joining us on this show. We no always appreciate having you on. We have you on every transfer window. It's always fun. We have a listener engagement with you. That you know, They love hearing your thoughts. Lol, just for the, some of our new listeners out there, how can they find you? How can they track you down? Tell us. Uh, well, can we stalk you, Lyle, and come and, you know, <laughs> when nothing happens, by oh, so... the open, the nose is signed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, well, obviously on Twitter, I'm on Twitter at Sky Sports Lyle. Um, listen, you just have to Google Google my name and you'll get and Google my name is Sky Sports and you'll, you'll all the stuff that's on the website will come up um, that I write all the full stories. I put them all on my Twitter. Um, yeah, Instagram's private, so no chance I'm going to accept any any of you there. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep saying it private these days, Lyle. You have to. We're, we're exactly. About how public you are on close, transfers. Fa- close family and friends only. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Lyle, thank you ever so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. You're welcome. Oh, you're a star. And guys, we are back this Thursday on Love Sport. Don't forget, throughout the summer, we're on there between 8 till 9 on a Thursday. So keep listening to those shows throughout the summer. We'll have some more of these summer specials to come. As for now, we're going to let Lyle go and look ahead to some of these summer signings. Thank you very much. And as always, come on you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.